podcast, Very Hugh Fastball. The place where you'll get the truth if you didn't stay awake long enough. Yes, you've got it. It's Sag Sex. Yes, indeedy, folks. It's Snag Says, Podcast 10. Welcome. Haven't spoken to you for a while. Uh, what have you been up to? Summer's coming to an end in uh, beautiful Melbourne. And I'll be sorry to say, it. it's been good. I've enjoyed it. I've actually taken advantage of it down here on the Western Riviera. Uh, on some of the most beautiful beaches on the planet. And uh, I've been laying around on them. Uh, I don't think I improved them greatly, but uh, there, are, there you have it. Really nice summer, laying about like a big slug, doing very little other than mowing lawns, surfing a little bit, hitting the water, uh, having a few beers, and really enjoying Melbourne summer. Having said that, Melbourne autumn's pretty cool, but I know what's coming. Footy's getting half serious. The days are short. Gus is getting up at five in the morning. It's pitch black. And I know it's going to get cold. I don't know about you, I'm not wrapped in it. As this weary frame uh, wends its way to its inevitable demise, uh, it doesn't enjoy the cold as much. Don't bounce out of bed. The central heating's uh, coming on earlier. I'm in the shower for longer. It's very tempting as you walk back to your bedroom to just jump back in the fart sack, isn't it? It's cosy, though. I like getting in front of a fire and I like putting on a jumper. Uh, whenever I spend time in Queensland, I think, why don't I live here? And then I stay there for a while and I realise why I don't live there. It's the sameness. Same all the time. 28 today. Groundhog Day. I don't like it. I like some variation because I believe variation brings surprise. And I don't mind surprise and change and unpredictability. Don't know about you. I like it unpredictable. And it's certainly unpredictable. Now, uh, uh, some housekeeping. I've decided to introduce a couple of new segments and I've promoted those on Facebook. Those that may not have seen them. Uh, I'll run through a few of the things that we'll be doing. I've now got a dedicated email address, which is snagsays at gmail.com. Complex, huh? You worked out how to do that. All on my, uh, on my Pat Malone. Well, not really on my Pat Malone. I got one of the kids to do it. And uh, there you have it, snagsays at gmail.com. And we're going to have a couple of little segments, and I'll kick one off right now. It's our snag. Now, I threw out the uh, address, and I got a couple of responses pretty quickly, which just surprised the shit out of me, because I didn't think anyone listened, but some people do. And it's our snag. Now, what the plan with our snag is, you can just, you know, you've all got a few little problems, and you probably need a higher intelligence from time to time to look at them. And that's probably where I come in, you know. So you can uh, send me an email, or you can talk to me on Facebook, whatever. Don't pretend I'm unreachable. This theory that uh, I'm introverted and don't talk to people and don't return phone calls, don't answer the phone, are all completely true. But uh, don't let that stop you. 
you know, break down the ramparts, show a bit. That'd be a sook. So anyway, I've got a couple of uh, questions to ask Snag. And one was from uh, a little Rowan from the, over there on the Mornington Peninsula. Hello, Rowan. Uh, I used to live over that way and uh, greatly enjoyed it. A little bit insular, a little bit uh, old money. But look, I'm sure you're happy living over there. But uh, Rowan sends, uh, sends an email and he says, Dear Ask Snag, When pumping a duck, should one use a bike pump or a compressor or one's mouth and lungs? Now, what a toughie first up. Throwing me a a, a curly one. Now, I happen to know that uh, this will allude to the preparation of Peking duck. Uh, I do know that in order to get the skin to separate from the said meat of the poultry one has to apply air pressure and the traditional system is to wrap one's lips around the cloaca area the parson's nose area of the said duck and to bung the lip gear uh, you know create a decent seal and blow now, I don't know how old Rowan is. Rowan could be 15 or he could be 106. I'd suggest probably somewhere in the middle. And uh, as we get older, our lips uh, and uh, the general area of, uh, of the lung lose a bit of capacity. So it can become difficult. I imagine Rowan could probably be a bit of a traditionalist. Uh, I certainly am. Um, but... Uh, Look, I am a traditionalist, Rowan, uh, but it, it's a changing world. Um, look, if you can still make a decent seal the old-fashioned way, uh, I'd stick with that. But uh, if the oral elasticity and desire is not what it once was, well, um, Kogan makes a de- decent little compressor, uh, and you can get a flashlight, but that's another story. Um I suggest you save on shipping and order the two at once. So, uh, yours in culinary lingus, I would go the old-fashioned route, so to speak. Um, Probably just stick with uh, the oral at this point. But, uh, yeah, good luck with your duck. Um, I'm I'm very happy to have a, uh, a game bird question first up. And all I would suggest to you, Rowan, is that you send me the bill. And that's an old gag that uh, probably should have stayed where it was in the uh, vaudeville, vaudevillian mists of time. Good luck, Rowan, with your, uh, with your poultry. Uh, the second question I received was, uh, uh, where are we? Oh, yes, this was a very interesting one. I, I thought I, would, I enjoyed this one. Not that I didn't enjoy Rowan's duck question, but it was a bit of a potboiler first up just to get things going. I didn't want to, uh, you know, didn't want to start with the controversial ones first of all. But Steve from Mount Isa writes, and Steve, Mount Isa, didn't expect a Mount Isa question first up, but 
Happy to have you aboard, Steve. I wonder what it's like up there, the murder capital of the planet. Most people probably don't know that more people get killed in man hours at other people's hands than anywhere else in Australia. So, Steve, hopefully you're still with us to get this uh, this answer. But uh, Steve writes, Dear R. Snag, I like that they're, they're leading off well. People are trying. Dear R. Snag, does finding Carl Stefanovic attractive make me gay? Steve... What's going on? I, uh, I don't know how old you are. Um, my general under- understanding of homosexuality is that you uh, start out that way and you end up that way. I don't think you you swap horses midstream. I don't think many people do that. I don't think that's very possible. But look, I'm happy for you to be uh, bi-curious. And although I don't think I'd go with it. If you're in the mines, I wouldn't go with it. You've uh, You've done well not to put your second name. Carl Stefanovic. He's actually Carl Stefanovic, but I'm sure Channel 9 said, look, that's not going to work. We can't have a WAP name out there with our Anglo neatness. So we'll make you Stefanovic. And we'll give your brother a gig as well. No, you're not gay, because I think... I find Carl very attractive. Now, little Lisa Wilkinson does hog the limelight a bit, because, let's face it, she's a... She's a little fresh-faced uh, glory in the morning, isn't she? Sitting up there in a sundress. And uh, it's a bit hard to look at Carl. And Carl's usually either caked off his head or asleep or something. He's been out in the piss all night. or uh, Who knows with Carl? And it's something that I admire about Carl. Carl's a, Carl's a real bloke. And look, I, he's got a cut to his jib. He's got a nice square jaw. I, I don't think it makes you... Uh, uh, you know, a bit light in the loafers just because you happen to point out that Carl's an attractive man. Now, we are talking about the aesthetic I don't know if you're watching uh, the program in the mornings in the cot, Steve. You might still be in the fart sack. Now, this draws into question, are you having any sort of... And this is a family show, so I've got to be a bit careful, but... Are you having any physical reaction when Carl comes on? Is there uh, movement at the Southerly Station? Now, if you happen to be uh, becoming slightly tumescent at the, you know, the sound of Carl's, uh, uh, the timber of his voice or, you know, the rustle of his um, Palaco shirt, you may be uh, in a different realm. But you don't say that. You just ask me if you find him attractive as it make you go. Steve, I think you know whether you're gay or not, don't you? You know. And I don't think you are. And and I take my hat off to you because I see you as reconstructed to some extent in as much as you're, you're willing to sort of embrace uh, a side of you maybe you haven't looked at before. So my hat goes off to you, Steve. Uh, my miner's cap, I dip, dip it, I doff it. And uh, no, I don't think you are gay. But if you are, I don't mind. Good luck to you. Away you go, son. Nothing changes. Um, it might if you're married. Um, the conversation might not be as easy as this one. I wouldn't play this podcast to um, her indoors. Uh, I don't think her first introduction to uh, the possibility that you might be uh, considering 
uh, you know, uh, a change, <laughs> a move from uh, from batting to bowling. Uh, you might be an all rounder. I mean, you know, you might be fairly handy uh, at either end of the wicket. Oh, I'm not, am I? Good luck to you, mate, Steve. I don't think you're gay. I don't think you've got anything to worry about. And if you are gay, you've still got nothing to worry about. So, look, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, yeah, so, look, only two two questions today, but uh, two interesting ones. We go from a duck to, uh, you know, a blowing a duck to, uh, uh, you know, possibly blowing Carl Stefanovic. So there you go, folks. That's our snag for this week. Uh Please get in contact via uh, the email or Facebook, snagsays at gmail.com. I'll answer any questions. And, and I, look, I'm not frightened of the delicate ones. You can get political. You can talk about uh, religion. All those things that you're not allowed to talk about. Here at Snag Says, we welcome controversy. So please uh, feel free. And no one will, you know, nothing will get out. I'm sure Steve's got nothing to worry about when he goes to work on Monday. Jumps in the ute and, uh, you know, picks up some flowers on the way to work and uh, has a triple latte soy. Uh, Nothing will change for him. So, good on you. Snag says at gmail.com. Get to it and we'll uh, we'll get on it. Now, what have I been up to? What have I been up to? Oh, (laughs) I decided to build a shed. Now... I mean, it's only a small shed. It's just I'm sick and tired of having a mower and snipper and things like that in with the motorcycles and and the uh, nice car. So I thought, well, I'll get them out of there. I'll build a shed. So I got onto the internet. God, the good old internet solves everything, doesn't it? I mean, uh, anything you need to find out, you can find out on the internet. Long story short, I uh, researched garden sheddery and... Lo and behold, I found a reasonably cheap one with a video of how to do it. And the portly uh, tradesman on the video showing you how to actually go about the particular job uh, made it look pretty easy. In fact, the video went for uh, oh, all of a minute and a half. Before you knew it, he had a, del- a delivery of a shed. And uh, a minute and a half later, he was putting stuff in it. So I thought, this can't be too hard. So I got the shed delivered. Now, the shed, when it arrived, it actually didn't look a whole lot like a shed. Uh, Disregarding the fact it weighed 80 kilograms, so I had to carry that down the sideway. Uh, You know, a sharp-edged shed in a box that wanted to fall everywhere. So that was was comedy gold. Got it round the sideway to where I needed to do it, and I marked out the area to put the slab. I thought, well, this is all right. So I went up to the uh, the mitre tent. And uh, spoke to the gentleman about a slab, how to make one, blah, blah, blah. 48 bags of uh, concrete to make that slab. 48. And they're 20 kilos each. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, my maths aren't that good, but I did come up with the term, that's fucking heavy. And I don't think the golf's going to like it. And it's about 600 bucks worth of gear. So we get round that. I think oh, I'll go back home and rethink that and un- start unpacking the shed. Well, uh, that tradesman is a rat bastard liar on that video because uh, I 
end up with about 9,000 bolts, 26 pieces of metal of various sizes, and instructions that don't make any sense. So I don't have a shed at the moment. I have a backyard full of shite. So the shed thing... Uh, I'm sure if I had done a time-lapse photography thing, there would have been uh, that would have been a, a golden YouTube moment because uh, the swearing, the cutting of the hands, the flat battery in the uh, uh, the screwdriver, screwdriver, the drill, cordless drill, all those sorts of things has led me to just leave it out there. I don't have a shed, <laughs> but uh, stay tuned, and uh, I'll keep you very well. Uh, <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep you uh, informed as to exactly where the shed ends up but it'll look we'll get there and uh, I'm not without some ability in this area but just a general laziness sort of overtakes me you know that I, you get an idea oh, I can't wait I'll go and do this and I madly react impulsively every time and uh, don't see things through and basically useless and uh yeah, I reckon it'll be 12 months before we've got a shed. And I reckon I'll get a bloke in to do the slab because uh, 48 times 20 kilos. You know, I haven't got that left. I, I, didn't, I just haven't got that left. Uh, I put Foxtel on. Now, I am not a fan of Rupert Murdoch. I think Rupert Murdoch is a turd. I think he's, uh, he's opportunistic and uh, horrible horrible and uh i've always said i won't get foxtel because he owns it and i'll stick to my guns and all that sort of stuff but i am a very big fan of the moto gp and formula one motor racing a very big fan and channel 10 just slaughters it it's on occasionally and it's four in the morning and tuesday afternoon um, I really do like to know what's going on in the MotoGP. And I do notice that Foxtel has realised that Stan and Netflix uh, and uh, soon Amazon Prime, I, I notice, uh, allow you to pick and choose. Uh, you know, you pay very minimal money. And what I think I pay, what do I pay? About 11 bucks or something for, for Netflix. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's not much. And, you know, reasonable, reasonable choice of things to watch. In the uh, when Foxtel was first operating, of course you had to get a, you know they put the kids with the sport. So the packages were that you had to really to get what you wanted, you had to pay for whack. The uh, the packages were set up so that uh, they were of such disparate uh, elements that you know you had to get the lot to get in and like what you were interested in. Well, they've changed that, and now I've got a sixty dollar package. Well, I thought I can do sixty bucks. Who cares? Life's too short. Um, Rupert will put his cue in the rack anytime soon and we'll all be happy about that and I'll still have Foxtel. So I've now got Foxtel on and I you know, I put it on myself, which was pretty interesting because uh, yeah, not not remarkably gifted in that area, but it was pretty easy. And I'm happily watching Foxtel. So uh, there's another principle dropped completely. Surfing, I've been surfing. Uh, running over the young blokes down there. I'm at the point of, uh, because of my age, they kind of begrudgingly accept me and uh, because I don't give a shit, that seems to help. But um, I was amused the other day when I was on a wave and he basically dropped in on a young bloke, which I know is not the done thing. 
I remember that from the days when I could do it, when I was 20 and had cartilage. Uh, and he yelled that out of the way, Crash Craddock. Now, I wanted to congratulate him. Any of you that don't know who Crash Craddock is, just look it up. But it's a very good, very smart little term. And as I paddled past him, I said, listen, you little prick, that was pretty good. So I've got a little mate down there, little Grom likes me, but basically I'm out of control and just run people over. It's just carnage. Um, and it seems when I get in the water, about 30 people get out. Uh, so I've become famous in the surf for uh, not being able to control the surfboard and just basically ploughing through children and families uh, and uh, greatly enjoying it. It is very enjoyable. I used to surf as a young bloke, and it's so much fun. Um, I'm not as uh, not as strong or fit or any of that as I was, but there is something about surfing. In all honesty, there's a there's a peacefulness about that that I've rediscovered. And uh, wetsuits are a lot better than they used to be, a lot better. So I'm not feeling any cold, and I'm really greatly enjoying all that. Uh, hitting the surf, uh, embarrassing as it. <laughs> As it must look. I feel like when I'm walking down there with the surfboard on my arm that I look like, oh, you know, Mick Fanning. But uh, I don't. I just look like this rotund little sort of man that just won't give up on uh, realising that, you know, basically uh, aesthetically challenged and uh, pretty damn unattractive. <laughs> but there you have it. Now, uh, another new segment. Da, da. All right. Now, this is basically, this is called Wired and Tired. What we're basically talking about are things that are overrated and underrated. Well, we've all got them. And once again, I'm looking for you to get involved by uh, contacting me by email on uh, snagsays at gmail.com or, of course, by Facebook. And uh, I'd like you to just think about what little things in your life that you think are overrated and underrated. There's a lot of them once you apply a bit of thought. You know, I've got a few. Um, And let's kick off with uh, crustacea or molluscary. Shellfish, basically. Oysters. Now, oysters. You know, I've been pretending I like oysters for a long time, you know, because I think it's pretty cool, you know, look at me, I eat oysters, must be, I must be Cosmo and smart. And if I'm really fair thinking about it, it's just like eating a lump of snot. Um, and they're very expensive oysters, you know, they're, they're really, you know, anyone that eats oysters Kilpatrick is a person who doesn't like oysters too. They're basically hiding them in as much bloody sorcery and baconry as they possibly can, so... Your oysters Kilpatrick guy or girl, I don't mind, I'm not gender specific on these things, you know that, I'm open-minded. When it comes to shellfish, lifestyle, I'm, you know, I don't mind. Couldn't care less, you're a girl, you're a boy, whatever. Uh, now, what is underrated against the, the oyster is the muscle. I used to eat mussels when I was a young bloke, out of the pickle jar, mind you, and you know, your muscle isn't going to win any uh, beauty pageants, really. Let's face it. He's not a handsome devil. But he doesn't pretend to be anything else. You're not getting them in the bloody shell, you know, with an, you know, deciding which wine you're going to drink with your muscle. You just, you get a fork, you stick it in the jar, and you, you wolf him down. And the jar's about eight bucks. 
and the mussel has a flavour. So oysters out, mussels in. The oyster is wired and, uh, uh, sorry, tired. And the uh, the mussel, well, he's wired. I'm, I'm a mussel man, <laughs> so to speak. Now, I'll probably get absolutely uh, crucified for this, but the Big Bang Theory. Now, you know, it's a very popular bag, the Big Bang Theory, isn't it? You know, mainstream. I'm not that guy. You know, I don't, I don't watch... Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm watching Insiders and uh, Mad Men and uh, I move across to things like uh, House of Cards, a bit of Breaking Bad, touch of a little calls, little better call Saul, little call Saul, better call Saul. I don't watch that, uh, but we all do a little bit, don't we? And uh, the boys will know why. Now there's a little lass in there that plays. A the uh, role of Penny. She's really um, quite stoically constructed. And uh, I know that I've been walking past with a tea towel in my hand and it's been on the box and it's grabbed my attention from time to time. But I reckon she's overrated. Now, the girl's name is Kaylee Kuoko. And... Uh, Whilst, you know, she has, uh, you know, a very reasonable visage, there's another one there, and she's called Bernadette. Now, she's the girlfriend of the um, diminutive Jewish uh, loudmouth on the show. She plays Bernadette. Her name's Melissa Rauch. Now, I have noticed that she is... uh, Underrated. She's kind of just a character actress there to to carry through a few lines. But uh, Kaylee, I'm very sorry, but uh, Melissa has uh, shaded you in uh, the snag uh, uh, ratings. And uh, I urge anyone that happens to you know wander past the uh, uh, the rank arena and uh, you know just slide it over there to. Uh, the Big Bang Theory. Have a little look if you're not uh, aware of what I'm talking about. Happy to have this argument. Anyone wants to argue about it, snagsays at gmail.com. But, uh, Kaylee, uh, Melissa, I should say, you're wired, and Kaylee, you're tired. Now, one for the older ones amongst us uh, Humphrey Bear. Now, Humphrey was very well loved. And, uh, you know, he, I think Humphrey could have taken home a Logie or two. Uh, and uh, really, he didn't do a lot. Uh, he was basically a bloke wrapped in a bearskin rug who didn't speak. So, uh, other than being looking shocked and raising his uh, right paw to his mouth to look as though he was... Uh, bewildered and and shocked there wasn't a lot he did had a bit of a dance but nothing so i'm a little surprised at him i think he was overrated he was tired agro now agro witty one-liner uh very australian colloquial uh used slang uh 
was very happy to drop the double on Tondra, so he was there for the uh, the adults' entertainment as well as the kiddies. Agro, yeah, he was a bit rough around the edges. It looked like he'd been knocked up in the backyard by uh, one of the production assistants. But uh, no, Agro, very uh, look, very funny, and uh, I urge any the youngsters have a look at uh, Agro on the YouTube. There is one particular uh, highlight reel of his where he's just. Uh, Fabulous. So look up Agro if you haven't seen him. Others are sitting there just nodding their head going, yep, they get the Agro thing. So Humphrey, you you are a fraud. Very tired, very overrated. Uh, Chardonnay. Now, Chardonnay. What a fibber Chardonnay is. It's flat. It's got no bite. It just sits there. Uh, yet people drink Chardonnay like it's, you know, growing on vines. Uh, tasteless, uh, nice name, I suppose. You know, it's got that nice French feel about it. But now you're Sauvignon Blanc. Now you're talking. Now, overrated Chardonnay and underrated Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc with that lovely citrus end, uh, the quick bite. I know when I'm on my third bottle, I'm really enjoying it. So uh, Chardonnay, please, you know, please, just get out of the way and let uh, let the juggernaut of wonder that the Sauvignon Blanc uh, represents uh, take over the mantle as as Australia's favourite wine. In fact, I think there is a, a big growth in that. Uh, I think that's happened. But uh, the Valium sucking mums were, uh, you know, reloading the batteries and uh, and uh, uh, putting away a fair bit of Chardonnay there in the uh, early 2000s. And uh, hopefully Sauvignon Blanc will just push that out of the way. Um, it won't satisfy the other needs, but um, once you've had enough of them, you stop enough char- uh, Sauvignon Blanc, you stop thinking about that sort of stuff anyway. I know I do. So, wired Sauvignon Blanc, tired Chardonnay. V8s, V8 engines, plodding great lumps of steel with no finesse, just capacity, bump, 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 put into cars that don't handle, will never handle, make a lot of noise, oh yeah, you can do a burnout, small four-cylinder engines that are made to peakily make uh, uh, revy power, and you have to work to get the power out of them, and you have to work to keep the car going fast. Light on their feet, quick thinking. They're intelligent. V8, the V8 is your dumb mate, you know. Go, 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 Good bloke, but, you know, if he's on sale of the century and he happens to win the first night, take the washing machine, Bert, because uh, you got lucky. Your small four, going all the way through. Going all the way through and ending up with a gig on uh, on that show in the afternoon. What is it? The Chase. The Dominator. The, the loud, sophisticated, peaky, shrill, intelligent one. V8s. Tired. Small fours. Wide. So there you go. That's enough for that for first up, I, I reckon. You get the idea, that's wide and tired, overrated, underrated. I want your input and we can uh, 
we can debate those sorts of things. Uh, now, I thought we'd chuck in... Uh, what about a number? We're just like, you know, Sesame Street was brought to you by uh, uh, a number and a, and a letter every day. I just went for a number. I went for number 11. Don't know why. I like 11. It's neat, isn't it? There's two ones. No mucking around. You're not guessing. 11. There it is. Well, it's a good word to 11. Anyway, went with 11 first up. Now, 11. It's represented a lot of things, hasn't it? I wonder just how many. I'd like to get your impressions of what 11 represents. For me, it's it's a bunch of things. Um, the dismissal happened on the 11th, didn't it? The 11th of November from memory. In fact, I believe Ned Kelly was hanged on the same day. Something else happened. Oh, yeah, and it's Armistice Day. What's the 11th again? It's one, it's one of those uh, uh, Remembrance Day or whatever. Um, so it's a significant uh, day, the 11th, and the dismissal when we lost the great Goff. When uh, Malcolm Fraser, who I hated with such a vengeance for so many years, uh, for that horror of uh, dismissing a progressive government that, yes, had made some mistakes, but who, uh, when you compare it to what we've got now, really... Bit of a hero of mine, Goff. Um, I'm not as left as I used to be. I used to be blindly left. Uh, although I don't think the left really exists anymore, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, the dismissal. Sad moment. Sad. I can remember it well. I was only, uh, what was I, 14 years of age. But I remember it being a uh, significant moment in Australian political history, and it remains so. Uh, interestingly, Malcolm Fraser won me over, uh, you know, became a great humanist and humanitarian. Uh, who ever saw that coming? Well, he was a great loss. And I think even Goff had to put uh, put that horror behind him and uh, they became reasonable friends. Now, you look at those two men, uh, statespeople, uh, men of vision, completely ends of the, different ends of the spectrum. You know, you had your... You divided left and right. You, you know, you knew where you stood. I mean, I was an apprentice and I was heavily unionised uh, and I came from a leftist family and, you know, I still believe if you haven't got, you know, some left-leaning in you that, you know, um, you just scare me a little bit. There's something in there that uh, hasn't got enough heart. Having said that, the madness of rampant unionism doesn't work either. But clever, uh, clever and uh, progressive unionism certainly does. So, uh, Goff unfortunately left us a couple of years ago, and uh, yeah, great loss, great loss, Goff. So that happened on the eleventh. Brucey Dool. Now Brucey Dool. Brucey Dool wore number eleven at Carlton. Now, there was something about Brucey Dool, wasn't there? Never said boo to a goose, but just you know, he just used to. Uh, command such attention. And I think it was his silence and stoic introversion coupled with his ability to play football at a level which was pretty sublime for a halfback flanker. Um, Brucey e. Dool, number 11. And, and I'm sure even now the youngsters will picture the flying doormat with the, you know, the, the headband wrapped around that, uh, you know, 
balding scone. Uh, it started out pretty bushy, the head, and I watched it sort of... The pillow had more hair than his head each morning after a while, but never lost it with me, Brucey. Um, never will. Uh, yeah, number 11. I can see him now. Shorts too tight, you know, streaming out of the halfback line. So, Brucey, if you're still out there, I'm sure you are. I'm not saying anything to anybody, but, uh, I, you know, it tips my lid to a Brucey Dool, number 11 at Carlton Football Club. So, yeah, number 11, fantastic. Uh, if you want to suggest a number, feel free. Don't suggest 11, you know, because, uh, you know, don't be stupid. We just did 11. Don't, uh, don't, uh, don't fall for that trap, you know. Yeah, you come up with your own fucking number. What are you? Jesus. Now, uh, motorcycle corner. Now, I've been riding a Triumph Speed... Speed Street Cup, which is basically a, a new take on an old genre of uh, cafe racer, and uh, I've got it long term, which is basically a, a way to bludge a motorbike for a few months. But uh, you know, we're talking about it, and I'm greatly enjoying it. It's uh, basically 900 per uh, parallel twin cafe racer style, and I look pretty good on it, and uh, you know, it goes all right. It's a lovely yellow. Probably wouldn't have been my choice, but it comes in a, a pretty uh, deep black as well, which I probably would have uh, enjoyed. It's got uh, an, a seat cowl, uh, basically makes it look like a single seater. Uh, very much the style of uh, the uh, 59 Club and the Ton Up Boys of the 50s, who uh, basically stripped down bikes and made them go quick. Or, you know, took as much weight out of them as they can. Well, that's become a genre now. It's come back to there. And uh, the Street Cup represents probably the cheaper end of Tripe's range for those. And uh, just having a ball riding around on that. Uh, Spencey's riding around on his SV650. And uh, I'm up there on the Street Cup. So uh, a bike that I'm, I think uh, will have mainstream appeal, pretty well priced. Stops and goes all right. Makes you feel you're fast when you don't have to be you know, uh, breaking the speed limit greatly, which is a bit of a problem. Uh, you know, sports bikes now are uh, extremely quick, um, and uh, I enjoy that, but it's just, you know, live in this bloody nanny state of Victoria where there's a copper under your pillow and pops his head up out of the shithouse with a, uh, you know, a speed camera or, or a hairdryer taking your, taking your uh, speed limit. Uh, recording your your speed as against the speed limit. Um, Victoria's become a police state in regard to road uh, enforcement, and it's it's a horrible joke. But I've thrown in the towel. I'm getting too old to fight City Hall. Someone else needs to do it, and uh, I just ride bikes that are a little bit more sedate. Suit me. Uh, I'm not going to lose my license. Uh, lose my license, I lose my job, uh, and. Uh, I'm enjoying the Street Cup greatly. It fits every bill. It looks good. It's built well. And, uh, yeah, I've been getting around on that. Now, what else have we been doing? Uh, yes, I'm going up to uh, Queensland this weekend to get another tattoo. Um, <coughs> tattoos. I, I had tattoos in the 70s, believe it or not. Uh, and uh, at a time when no one had them, I remember I was the only one at my football club that had them. 
I think I got them originally because I thought they made me look tough and I was pretty insecure, little gent, skinny arms and I think I was compensating for something. Um, so, yeah, I think I was 76 I got my first one down there at uh, Williamstown, Williamstown North Station at uh, Dan Robinson's tattoo shop. But then uh, <clears throat> in about 2000, I sort of got sick of them and uh, I got went and got them all removed, which was a f- horrible bloody business. Uh, very painful and uh, long-term philosophy, but I got rid of them. They went. But I've liked them again, so I've got a whole bunch of newies. Um, go figure. Uh, I, I actually, uh, well, it's very expensive to get them removed, and uh, I uh, got out of that by doing a story for Ralph magazine, which got that for nothing. So I didn't have to pay the ten grand that it would cost you to get those tattoos removed, and uh, the sixteen sessions of an hour each of agony, absolute agony. The laser hurts way more getting them out than uh, than uh, the needle does putting them there. And uh, just a tip for anyone that is getting tattoos, although, see, I've got now all black and grey, what they call black and grey, which is no colour. Don't get aqua and don't get green because those two colours, strangely, are very difficult with a laser to get rid of. So when you get your tattoos first up, you don't think about, oh, one day I might not want them. And, you know, you shouldn't. But just a little tip for you youngsters, don't get aqua and don't get green. And uh, you do have the option later on in life should it come around that you didn't marry Eileen or George and uh, or you didn't, uh, the tramp stamp went out out of fashion along with the Southern Cross and the uh, barbed wire and tribal. Uh, that's another tip. Don't get tattoos that are the flavour of the day. Don't get band names of the day because your musical tastes change. There's a little, uh, there's a whole bunch of little safeguards there, but I love tattoos. I think they look fantastic, and I go to a particular girl whose name is Tennille Napoli, and she's at Garage Inc. in Queensland. So it's a, it's a big. She's not cheap either. It's an expensive exercise. I've got to fly up there, got to stay a couple of days, and I've got to pay for the tattoo. And as I say, it's not cheap, but uh, tattoos are not something you save money on. Uh, do not skimp on that find your artist research your artist Tennille is wonderful she's probably the uh, the top black and grey portrait tattooer certainly in Australia and would go would run very high in the world but uh, as I say bring your uh, wallet and I'm looking forward to seeing Tennille next week Gus and I are going to go up to the Gold Coast and do all those Gold Coasty things that you do have fun I uh, can't wait for that uh, four days on the Gold Coast, and uh, I don't think I'll go to Dreamworld. You know, just thinking uh, maybe this might give Dreamworld a bit of a miss. If you know what I'm, uh, you get my uh, my drift. Uh, we might give that uh, a miss. Although, you know, we'll probably wander over to Movie World and do that sort of stuff. It's going to be interesting to see. Gus is seventeen, going on eighteen, and six foot four, so he's probably not looking so much to do that. He'd be looking to do something different. He's in that that shocking age where he's 17 and he's in the second year of his apprenticeship. He's a fully grown man, you know. And, uh, you know, Spencer and I can go and have a beer and all that sort of stuff, but he's 17. I think he's looking forward to that, you know, getting rid of that five months that 
you know, you may remember that five months of waiting to be 18. And uh, he's there at the moment. And, uh, uh, you know, he can't do a lot of the things that, uh, you know, they check your ID to bloody buy fruit now. That's another thing. Gone are the days of having a sneaky one. You know, I was at the Bourger at lunchtime at Willie Tech at the Rifle Range Hotel in Williamstown most days playing pool, occasionally winning a bit of money at 15. Uh, you know, those sort of ducks and weaves kids can't do anymore. I'm not suggesting kids should be out getting pissed anyway, but, you know, there's just there's no room for a duck and weave, uh, a little bit of fun, a little bit of sneaky. I'm not talking nasty sneaky, but it just seems that kids don't get that opportunity now. It's... It's just a bit of a shame. They're regulated, you know. And uh, anyone that says that kids are no good now, it's just bullshit. They're the same as we were. Kids haven't changed. Kids' attitudes haven't changed. Um, if anything, they're a shitload smarter now than we were. I guarantee you that's the case. These guys are so on the game. Um, I think they're a bit lazier, but they've been allowed to be. Um, that's our fault. Uh, we've let them get away with sort of having a bit much say, I reckon. But at the same time, we've got I think we've got better relationships with them. Well certainly got better relationships with my kids than my parents had with me. So I think we've heard on the right side with kids now. I think we bring up kids pretty well. Um I I like kids. I, I see my my son's mates um, and they, they, they just a lot delight me, you know. I know that they can be a bit lippy and all that sort of stuff. Not nowhere near as bloody lippy as I was. Um, they're much more respectful. They're willing to ha have a conversation, and um, I love the new generation of of uh, people that are that are coming up. So people that bag our kids, you know, they're no good. They're like, you know, they, you know, too much to say. Um, yeah, uh, privileged, and they're not bloody they're overly privileged. I mean, you know, us us baby boomers did all right. We could buy a house and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, we're presenting them with a, a lot of challenges. We're giving them a world that's fucked. Uh, no wonder they look to the way we've, you know, our supposed leaders behave and question it. I question it. Trump. Fuck me. Trump. Trump. You know, it makes Malcolm Turnbull look good. Now, there you go. Makes Abbott look good. So, I would just leave you with that because I think uh, kids now grouse. And uh, you probably do too. You should. What else have we got? Uh, oh, snake pot. Now, I've got uh, a very pointed snag bullet this time around. I don't, I don't know about you, but uh, I get through a bit of milk. I like a cup of tea. Uh, I like a protein shake. You mean you don't get massive Warwick Farms like uh, I've got hanging off my shoulders without uh, bunging in a bit of uh, amino acids, you know. Have a look at me. You won't make this stuff without a bit of assistance. So I don't mind a protein shake. Uh, makes my linguine arms slightly better. Uh, and... Of recent times, I've noted that the two-litre milk container has an internal cap that I'm fucked if I can get off if I've got slightly slippery fingers. Now, you might think this is nothing, 
And uh, I can understand you thinking, well, that old snake's not, he's not travelling too bad if that's his biggest whinge. But the, inf- the fury I feel when I'm fucking around trying to get that, you know, the internal cap now, it's got a, it's a little seal and it has uh, a, a flap of plastic across the top there. And you've got to grip that flap. Grip that flap. Is that a Devo song? Grip that flap. Uh, I think the bloke who likes Carl Stefanovi should be uh, looking towards uh, gripping a, a flap every now and then rather than uh, watching the television and taking to himself. But anyway, that's another part of... Uh, we shouldn't go back there. Steve, press on, mate. I'm still with you. Yeah, you grab this flap and uh, you're supposed to rip that off. And I'm fucked if I can do it. Um, I can do it if I dry everything and... You know, make a concerted effort. Fingers just slip off it. Now, maybe I should be looking for Carl Stefanovic. It might be my problem. Perhaps I haven't got enough testosterone. I'm under tea. But, you know, everything seems to be all right suddenly there. I'm not getting a run at all. But um, I think it's all operable. I do check on a manual basis on an odd occasion. Uh, You know, Glamour magazine. And uh, away you go. But... Uh, getting away from it again. These, Snake Bullet, the bastard that came up with that, the rat bastard who made that uh, new system for the two-litre milk container. Yep, Snake Bullet for you, you bastard. Well, look, uh, look, that's probably most of it. Um, just a bit of a promo for uh, an upcoming pro- uh, podcast where I'll have the... Uh, the privilege of interviewing Susan Berg. For people that don't know, Susan's uh, Susan went on a boating trip and uh, the boat sank, sank on Western Port Bay. Uh, she swam for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and managed to drag herself up on Churchill Island uh, through the mangroves for what must have felt like kilometres and dragged herself uh, to a farmhouse uh, where unfortunately, after a search, it was discovered that her two parents and brother had drowned out there. So she lost her entire family on a boating trip when she was 15 years of age. Uh, and uh, it basically defined her life for a long time. It's an incredible story of survival. Uh, it's an incredible story of human fortitude. And it's, it's all documented in a book called The Girl Who Lived. Uh, Susan's gone on to uh, become a renowned uh, distance swimmer. Uh, she swam the rip the other day. She swims the lawn Peter pub. And she is announcing that as a relay, uh, as part of a relay team, she's going to swing the, swim the English Channel. But uh, between uh, that horror of losing her family at 15 and finding herself again, there was a life of uh, great... Uh, Stress, sex, drugs and rock and roll. And she's just got an incredible story to tell. Susan's very disarming in that she is incredibly honest. Um, she's laid it all out there. No one's going to have a, you know, find a secret about um, Susan. It's all in the book. Uh, incredible woman, incredible person and uh, a story that you will, um, I'm sure, not want to miss. It's uh, astounding and uh, I'm proud to say she's a friend of mine. Uh, but she's uh, she didn't do it perfectly, and she's had her incredible ups and downs. Um, 
uh, we'll document a lot of that and uh, I will uh, look further into that whole story and hopefully, you know, um, bring a story to you of uh, tragedy, the human condition and, you know, rising above it and to, uh, to eventually find happiness. And uh, that's all we all want to do, isn't it? Really, at the end of the day, uh, that's all I want to do. I just, uh, you know, having come back from Bhutan where they suggest that, you know, it's your duty to be happy. It's not, uh, it's not something you just want to try and do. It's your duty because when you're happy, you bring happiness to other people. That's, that's resonated with me. And, uh, um, you, know, you know, we're here for five minutes, aren't we? You know, really. I don't know why people get wound up about lots of things, really. You know, if you're really lucky, you get 80 years and, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, 70 of those, are you're, you're fitting well. Um, I just don't get the fuss about most things, to be honest with you. It all seems uh, quite laughable to me. And, and if I'm in a bad mood or down, it seems very futile. So the difference between being happy and looking at it uh, as a, a pretty futile business uh, it's a fine line. Fortunately, I don't sit on the other side of that, but I did for a long time, um, a long time, particularly, uh, you know, uh, subsequent of uh, some family tragedy that we had. But that's all changed, and people like Susan Berg, uh, um, what should I say, they, they represent that, and uh, that's all I wish for you, that's all I wish for me, just happiness, you know. It's not that unattainable. Stop watching the telly. Stop buying shit. They want you to buy shit. They want you to clutter up your house with shit. You've got to have a new car so you can drive it to work and pay for it. It's all bullshit. Consumerism. Don't fall for it. We all do. Don't buy sheds on a whim. You know, you don't need it. You don't need shit. I see people all the time coming home with, coming out of the uh, the shops with just, I think that's just shit. You're not going to use that. That's going to be a garage sale. You can't wait to get rid of it. I find it very, you know, fantastic, uh, fantastically liberating to get rid of shit. You know, it's 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 cleanliness. It's cleaning the soul. I just toss shit out now. Um, my wonderful wife used to say, "If you haven't used something for two years, you're not going to use it." And she was on the money. So the less stuff, fewer things, make me happy. You know, I recently thought I probably should buy a new car. I thought, no, nah, I got that old golf there, and it does its job. And I get eight hundred kilometres to the tank, it never gives me any shit. Well, I don't need a new car. It's only going to make me feel good for a little while, you know, a couple of hours, a couple of days. It's not about things. I've worked that out. I was getting very philosophical. I probably bored shitless. Don't blame me. I'm starting to bore myself. Well, there you have it. That's podcast ten. Don't forget, uh, our snag. Uh, don't forget, wired and tired, underrated, overrated. Uh, with our snag, I'm happy to have your personal questions, anything you want. You know, sexual positions, Pfft. expert. <laughs> uh, yeah, food, drink, uh, places to go, things you don't like, uh, in uh, marital problems. Uh, you know, if you fancy Carl Stefanovic, let me know. You won't be the first, but you'll get a run. That's it. Snag says Podcast 10. Thanks for listening. Uh, 
Podcast 11, Susan Berg. If you've got any brains, you'll be there. See ya. Oh, don't let the bastards get to you.